Well, Wayno has called it a career, and what a weekend it was at Bush. Coming up on B-Shave Daily. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B-Shave Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the evening hours of Sunday, October 1st, 2023. The 2023 St. Louis Cardinals season is now in the books. 71 wins, 91 losses. That's where the Cardinals end up on the campaign from hell, right? The the season that just never did get on the right track for the Cardinals. As many times as we said, hey, this is not going well. You're eventually going to run out of time to fix it. Well, we know by now that the Cardinals ran out of time to fix it. They ran out of time really ahead of the trade deadline on August 1st, and they made the moves that they made essentially waving the white flag on the season. So we've known now for a couple of months that this was not going to be their year, but there's a lot of angst, a lot of consternation, I think, about that fact. And the message from the Cardinals is pretty clear. In everything that John Mozeliak, Ollie Marmel, and others have said is that they need to get it fixed, and they need to do so immediately. Heard a lot from Ollie Marmel today. On Sunday, the final game of the Cardinals season, game 162, Some good insight that we'll be able to share here on the podcast in the days ahead. But today I do want to focus this episode of B-Shape Daily on Adam Wainwright because today was the final day of Wayno's major league career, of his Cardinals career, and it was a really special day, a really special weekend at Bush Stadium as the Cardinals pulled out all the stops to honor the career of Adam Wainwright as a St. Louis Cardinal. So we're going to talk about that tonight on B-Shape Daily as we get into a discussion of some of our favorite moments from the retirement ceremony from Sunday. I'll talk about Saturday as well because I was not there covering Saturday's game, but I did uh, get a, like a dozen tickets for my uh, my family, and I wanted to take everybody to uh, to a Cardinal game. So we did that on Saturday, and it just so happened to be the night that Adam Wainwright did his concert, which was kind of neat. So we'll talk about Adam Wainwright today on the podcast. There will be plenty of time coming up for reflection on the season, but really not a lot of reflection on the season because I know that Cardinals fans hearing me say that are probably thinking, look, we just lived it for six months. Please don't make us think about it anymore. But I want to do it through the lens of like looking forward. Who is on this roster and who needs to be? Who's on this Cardinals roster that's going to be around for 2024? We'll sort of begin to examine the various parts of this team and talk about all the players and kind of where they might fit moving forward because Adam Wainwright in talking about the Cardinals beyond his time with the team, because that came to an end obviously today, but over this weekend at various times where he had a microphone in front of his face, he continued to predict really good things were yet to come for the Cardinals. He said, I can't wait to be on this field 2024 or at the stadium. I think he said not on this field, but at the stadium watching the confetti fall on the field for the 2024 world champion Cardinals. Like he's saying a lot of things like that. And you might be hearing it think, okay, very optimistic of you. I know that's kind of in your nature, but he believes. And he said the line, uh, given the, you know, the whole country singer nature of it all for Adam Wainwright, who has the, the country songs that he, that he played on Saturday night, invoked another country song. And he said, the house don't fall if the bones are good and believes that the Cardinals do have some good bones, but interesting, line from Ollie Marmel earlier Sunday morning that I think was the line of the day 
as it pertains to the look ahead, not the line of the day related to what today was really about, which was Adam Wainwright. But if you were trying to get a jump start on thinking about next year's team and what it might take to fix this, Ollie Marmel in his pregame media session with the writers group on Sunday, early afternoon, late morning, had an interesting comment where he was asked basically what's the first step toward riding the ship here. And this was a quote that Jeff Jones shared from that session. It's not audio that we can play because that was uh, said in a writer's pregame conversation with Ollie in his office, but we can read the quote for you. And I'll read it straight here from Jeff's Twitter so I don't have to go find it on my phone. It said, uh, quote, I want a clubhouse full of guys that has one thing on their minds and it's not themselves. It's winning a championship. So you start out by weeding those out. Weeding out the guys that think about something other than winning a championship that maybe are a little too self-centric, a little too focused on what they've got going on rather than the team. That sort of seems to be the implication. And that was kind of a jarring comment, honestly, to hear this morning. And honestly, I think you might even get more candor from not only Ollie, but the rest of the organization kind of after the season is officially done. I think sometime next week we'll get the end of season press conference wrap up. And by then, you figure a lot of different conversations will have taken place with a number of players. And you may have a better idea of, you know, when John Mosellock gets asked about certain guys or certain situations, by situations, I mean the rotation, the outfield group, et cetera, you may be able to start reading through some tea leaves to figure out, okay, where do the Cardinals stand as an organization on on certain players? So we're going to get into all of that as time goes on. I did want to bring that up. Because as it pertains to Wainwright's comment about the bones of the organization, there are some talented players to work with in terms of turning things around. But for Adam Wainwright's prediction, I think, his his premonition to come true, that the Cardinals will be the 2024 World Series champions, a lot's going to have to change this offseason. And those who watch this team closely all of 2023 know that and realize that, which means there will be plenty for us to talk about. I do believe this will be the most active Cardinals offseason the most interesting Cardinals offseason, the most storyline-filled Cardinals offseason that we have seen in a long, long time. Certainly since I started covering the team in 2016, and in the time since then, there have been two managerial changes. There's been a Paul Goldschmidt trade. There's been a Nolan Arenado trade. There have been a lot of things that have happened. This offseason is going to be the one that we're going to remember. And I'm not saying that's necessarily in a good way. I have kind of expressed confidence on this show about the idea that, hey, John Mozeliak and his staff, they realize what needs to be done. Only Marmo reiterated that a bunch today. was asked, well, do you do you feel like you have faith that it's going to turn around, that the, the front office is going to do the things that need to be done? And we'll get in more and more into these comments, and I'll quote them directly, and I'll, I'll give you guys some insight on exactly what was said, and stories will be written and have been written as well on, on those topics. But what stood out to me is Ali Marmo basically saying, look, we know what needs to happen. Everybody is on the same page about what needs to happen. Is it difficult, maybe, to go out and get three starting pitchers in one offseason? Sure, yeah, it is. Front office, though, knows that it needs to happen. I know that it needs to happen. So the goal seems very clear. The intention seems very clear. Will the Cardinals be able to pull it off in the offseason? I think it's going to have to be different from the past where you say, all right, they know what they kind of could use, but... They're going to sort of hedge against that if it's too difficult to acquire the thing that they need. 
because they feel like, yeah, they could fall back on these internal options and maybe scrape by and it'll be okay. I think they know now that that does not work. Not with the current iteration of this roster. So that's all of this to say. Subscribe to Be Safe Daily on Spotify and Apple Podcast, and hit me up on YouTube. Appreciate you guys who have already joined the party on YouTube, youtube.com slash at bshafer12. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you will not miss any of our Cardinals audio spoken video content galore during this Cardinals offseason, which I do believe is going to be very, very eventful. And again, that doesn't necessarily just mean like, yeah, they're going to sign pitchers. They might even trade for a pitcher or two, but there are going to be some internal conversations that happen. What does the outfield group look like? What does the catching situation look like? Got to talk with Wilson Contreras after the game today. He said it's it should be a sad day. We should all be leaving the clubhouse here sad because we didn't have a good season. It was a sad year. It was a bad year. There's some things that, you, that can be learned from it, but he's not satisfied. And I think it's very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see where the Cardinals exactly are on evaluating Wilson Contreras and his role because a lot has been said, a lot has been made about maybe his deficiencies as a catcher versus you know, what their expectations were as an organization. We've talked this to death, but now we're to the offseason where the Cardinals can look at it and go, wow, Andrew Kisner, you know, really had the command of our pitching staff in terms of game calling behind the plate. He also hit pretty well this year. I mean, we didn't expect that. The Cardinals internally didn't expect that, right? They wouldn't have gone out and gotten Wilson Contreras if they did. Avon Herrera showed maybe more metal, I think, than the Cardinals had anticipated from him. Because, again, if they had the catching prospect that they thought could be the heir apparent, they wouldn't have gone out and spent $80 million, whatever it was, on Contreras. I don't even remember the number offhand now. But they wouldn't have done those things. And $87.5 million. I knew I could come up with it. And then there's the other side of the coin of Wilson Contreras, actually one of the Cardinals' top hitters this year when it was all said and done. So how do you weigh that out? How do you weigh out guys that ended the season on the injured list? Guys like... Tyler O'Neill. It's going to be a huge topic of conversation. Maybe not for long. If the situation is resolved early in the offseason, we'll see. Dylan Carlson, does he get another chance? Is he on the trade block? What happens to the center field job? Tommy Edmond manning that spot with aplomb defensively toward the end of the season. Can he hit enough to justify his everyday role as a center fielder in a lineup that would also include Mason Wynn at shortstop, who's still coming along offensively, but is a is a very upside-heavy defensive shortstop, and the Cardinals have a lot of belief in him, so will they want to give him the reins of that job? And how? what's the trickle-down effect on the rest of the lineup? What's the trickle-down effect if they say, Wilson Contreras isn't going to be our everyday catcher, we're going to use him differently? I, it's all speculative at this point, and that's what's going to make this offseason so interesting because there are a number of moves and puzzle pieces the Cardinals could adjust and maneuver that I think would then have a kickback, a, a domino effect on everything else. And that's in the pitching group. That's in the position player group. It's just going to be really, really interesting. And there's a lot to unpack, I think, from all of this. I do want to, I know I said, hey, today's going to be about Wainwright. And I've talked for 10 minutes about other stuff. I just want to get everybody kind of geared up and into the mindset of like what's to come from this channel. But that's kind of what's on tap. Let's talk about what just happened, though. Adam Wainwright got the weekend of his dreams and said a number of times like he felt like he doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve all of the love and outpouring of support that he got from St. Louis over the past three days. 
that, of course, we all know is ridiculous. He's a very humble individual and has made a huge impact on a lot of people. That impact was on full display all weekend long. I kind of have been thinking throughout watching everything unfold on Sunday and then thinking back to Saturday night when Adam got a chance to do his concert. He rode in around, for those who weren't uh, present at Bush Stadium on Saturday night, he did like the opening day right around in the truck, had the spotlight on him, so did a whole, a whole lap around the stadium. And then where they did the concert was right there above Freeze's lawn out in straightaway center field, but there's a, a concrete, you know, area that's flat above the the grassy knoll where they set up and could plug into their plug in their instruments and all that good stuff. And so that's where they did the concert from. And he got the opportunity to sing in the biggest venue that he's ever performed in on that in that capacity. He said previously eight hundred people is probably the most people that saw him performing in the the capacity that he did yesterday. But I was thinking, man, it's crazy how many Cardinals fans stuck around for that. But then again, it's not really that crazy because it's Adam Wainwright. They could have announced, the Cardinals could have announced that this guy was putting on a juggling act. He wants to try his hand at juggling after the game and people would have stayed. They could have, they could have said, hey, Adam Wainwright's going to go sit out in shallow left center field and put together a puzzle. And y'all are welcome to watch him. And people would have stayed. They would have stayed to watch him put together the puzzle because that's how much St. Louis Cardinals fans love Adam Wainwright. And I know that a lot of the season, there's been a lot of negativity out there because of the way the season went for him. I don't think people understand the extent to which he was pitching injured all year. It's going to sound like excuses after it's over and the season didn't go his way. But I would remind people of a couple of things. One, a lot of times these athletes are going through things that we don't know about anyway, and that's not just in the cases where they don't perform well. When it comes out that they had all these things going on after they don't perform well, it does read a certain way. But the other side of that is the Cardinals didn't have a non-playoff season because of Adam Wainwright. They won 71 games this year, and they lost 91 games. Adam Wainwright could have been Cy Young, and they win maybe 80, 82 games. They still miss the playoffs. They missed the playoffs by 13 games plus whatever tiebreaker scenario would have been. I think the Marlins and Diamondbacks ended up with 84 wins. Marlins didn't have to play their game 162. They didn't have to go to New York on Monday to finish that out. I think they just said, all right, you're both in the playoffs. Diamondbacks, Marlins, you're in. Cubs, 83 and 79. The Cubs missed out by a by a game, basically, plus whatever the tiebreaker would have been. And uh, the Reds right behind them. The Cardinals didn't miss the playoffs because of Adam Wainwright. So, if you want to be angry about the season, do so. I mean, Ollie Marmel even said this morning, people should be pissed. People should be angry and calling for my head. That is part of being a sports fan. Your team doesn't perform. Whoever's got authority in that organization, the fans should be upset with them. Ollie said, that's what gets me up in the morning. I'm good with that. And Cardinals fans will say what they will about Ollie Marmel. I'll continue to say what I've said about him because I feel like I do have some insight and a look behind the curtain to see what he's all about. And if time should prove me wrong, then so be it. But I'm, I'll am i go down with that ship because I do believe that Ollie Marmel is a quality baseball man, has a quality baseball mind. And for all the comments that you see about, oh, he's arrogant, oh, he's this or that, when you see him explaining his decisions, explaining his processes, He's got a level of ego, right? You kind of have to have a little bit of a level of ego in that position to know that, like, I'm the dude. 
that can bring us back and fix this. Ali Marmo believes that he is the right manager to bring the Cardinals back to prominence and fix the situation. And I, again, if you're a Cardinals fan, I would think you wouldn't want it any other way. It comes off as arrogant, I suppose, when you lose 91 games. But what is he supposed to then do to placate the fan base? Say, oh, yeah, I, I haven't been over my head. I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be like this. 91 losses, man. They, I, you know, they probably should hire somebody else. Like, what do Cardinals fans honestly want to hear from him? I think it's the pound of flesh thing, and I think there is no. And, and again, to Ollie's credit, like, there's nothing he can say that's going to. There's no words that can come out now that are going to make Cardinals fans go, "Oh, all right, I'm on board. I'm back in." They want results, and that's what he reiterated time and time again today. So he understands that completely. But, you know, I, I think it's going to take those results before fans are going to be won over, and that's perfectly fine. It's why I shouldn't even spend that much time talking about it. But I brought it up to say, also, don't be angry about the notion that Adam Wainwright continued to play this year because it's it, that's not the reason the Cardinals... First of all, they didn't have the depth anyway behind him that it would it would have just been somebody else that struggled. Maybe not to quite the extent that he was when he was really at his lowest physically. But the Cardinals weren't going anywhere at that point. And just to let Wainwright ride it out and get to 200 wins was, I think, the right situation for everybody involved. But Wainwright, even at the end of a season that went the way that it did, got to feel and experience the outpouring of love and support that Cardinals fans still have for him. And I thought that was really cool. And it was all weekend long and featured a number of surprises as well. The ceremony on Sunday afternoon... Cardinals came up with a number of gifts for Wainwright and family. I thought the guitar was really cool. Nice touch to have his children write the inscriptions that were, I guess, inscribed to the back of the guitar. I didn't see it up close, but that was sort of the gist of it, that his kids had some messages that they wrote, and it was a Cardinals-themed, very nice guitar. Uh, Bill DeWitt III, team president, so the son of 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 the owner, Bill DeWitt Jr., Bill Witt the third, he talked about how he and Wainwright have had conversations just about their, you know, sort of pursuing the passions and how Wainwright's going for it. He's going to go for it in terms of pursuing his dream to, which again, his dream was to probably play Major League Baseball, and he's done that. But he also is enjoying the music career, right? He wants to put songs out and sing country songs and had the concert, and he's pursuing that. He's going for it for all the fear and trepidation that you might have to try something new. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Well, Bill DeWitt III enjoys painting and decided, he said, I'm going to go for it and painted a really lovely portrait of Adam Wainwright uh, in a Cardinal uniform throwing a pitch that was presented to Wainwright as another gift for him today. Uh, Wayno talked after the game about how his teammates all chipped in and bought him a nice uh, John Deere riding mower to to do his lawn care, so that was cool. He seemed pretty excited about that. Uh, The Cardinals also announced $100,000 for Water Mission, which is uh, a... organization, uh, charity, whatever, however you describe it. In Honduras, they're working to to get, you know, more clean water access to the people in uh, various places there in Honduras. And so uh, Cardinals contributing to that on behalf of Adam Wainwright and in his honor. And one of the big ones was the puppy. The Cardinals, uh, Bill DeWitt III, kind of coordinated with Jenny Wainwright, his uh, Adam's wife. We know for a long time we've been talking about this dog. And it seems like every time a season ends, it's, is Adam Wainwright going to come back? What's going to be the situation? And we've known for three years or so that whenever Wainwright retires, the family's getting a dog. Those kids are getting a dog. The four daughters and the son, Caleb. 
They're all getting the dog. Well, knew he was retiring, and so they were able to surprise Adam and the kids today on the field with the puppy. Like, they brought the puppy out there, and uh, that was really cool to kind of see that story come to a conclusion because we've known, like, hey, when when Dad retires, that's going to be the deal, and he's talked about that for a number of years. So kind of cool to see that play out. Uh, we were up in the press box, and, and various people are writing their stories, and um, Steve Overby, who uh, was sitting to my right by a couple of chairs, uh, writing the Associated Press, he said, hey, you know the what what kind of dog it was? And I said, Steve, I don't know, and I am pr- I'm never going to know <laughs> because I'm like, I got to be honest. I'm not, I probably am not going to get into the weeds on that level to make sure I know the, the breed of dog. If that makes me like a lackluster reporter, it probably does. But I was like, there's just no way that I'm going to, I'm more of a cat guy anyway, but that's okay. I'm all about it. I like dogs too. Just probably not going to own one. But Adam Wainwright and family now does. So that was kind of a cool way to unveil that and something that everybody knew was uh, eventually coming, but got to see it unfold right there. And so props to uh, Jenny Wainwright for helping to coordinate that kind of and keeping it a secret from the kids. That's the part that I thought was the most fun that we kind of got to see their genuine expressions uh, on the field when they were surprised by that. Adam was surprised by something else, though, on the field. And it was the presence of Yadier Molina. Kind of wondered, and I even, I think I even, we talked about this on the KTGR Big Show late last week, if like, would Yachty be there? And I said, oh, you know, I'm sure he would want to be there. But like, we hadn't seen or heard from Yachty really since last year. And so it was kind of, in my mind, I think I told my wife, you know, she, my wife, Emily, we all went to the game. Um, My one-year-old son, that was his first Cardinals game. Technically, he did go to Wrigley Field before Bush Stadium. We're not going to really try to get too much into that, but uh, didn't come home with any Cubs gear, so don't worry about it. But we did take that trip to Chicago month month ago or so, and so he he did. He's now seen a, a ball game at both parks. He was in a Cardinals onesie yesterday. Don't freak out on me. My wife made sure of that, but I told her before we went to bed on Saturday night. We're talking about you know whether Yachty would would be there, and my my grandma, huge Yachty fan, and so. I didn't think Yachty would be there Saturday, but it just, I, I knew I would probably need to work the last game of the year on Sunday and not be able to be there as a, as a spectator. So I, I got everybody the tickets for Saturday, kind of thinking then I, you know, I would be able to go back and work on Sunday, but my grandma, I feel a little bad because she probably would have liked to have seen Yachty, but I was, we didn't know, right? Like we didn't know whether he would be there or not. And so I told my wife before we went to bed, I'm like, I think 55, 45, you'll be there. So I was, I was leaning, yes, but I, again, genuinely, we just hadn't heard anything. And then when we get into the clubhouse on Sunday morning, that was kind of the scuttlebutt that he was there, but like Wainwright didn't know. And so everybody kind of had to keep a lid on that. And they everybody was able to do so because as John Rooney is out there, master of ceremonies says, it wouldn't be a celebration of Adam Wainwright without two individuals. And then I honestly couldn't tell you what John Rooney said after that. Because the crowd noise just got so robust. I was like, oh, we all know what's about to go down. And it was very cool. Because, again, you kind of knew and assumed that, that Yachty would, would make his appearance. But they did a nice job of keeping it under wraps. And Adam was not aware of it. So we'll go ahead here and play a quick audio clip from Adam Wainwright's post-game press conference that he held there in the interview room at Bush Stadium talking about the Yachty surprise and his reaction to it. Well, so like, you know, he hadn't been answering my phone calls or my texts. And I'm going, what the heck? This guy move on in his life? He just <laughs> forgot about number 50 or what? Like, 
what did I do, you know? And so I'm starting to think he doesn't like me anymore. And uh, it's because he knew if he answered the phone, he would have given it away. And so uh, now I get it, you know, now it's, now I'm, now I'm fine with it. It's, I'm glad he didn't answer, but kind of thought he was big leaguing me for a minute there. Uh, but when he came out, when you can read my, if it's on camera, you read my lips when they, when uh, I think it was John Rooney said, uh, let's bring out two other Cardinals. I knew Albert was there, and I knew he wasn't in his seat. So I, I, I said just a second before that, I said, Jenny, where's Albert? Why is he not out here? You know, and and um, she goes, I don't know. I'm, he must have gone ahead and left or something. I don't know if he's here yet. And I was like, what? what? I just uh-huh. talked to Albert. And then he said two Cardinals. And I was like, Jenny, what does that mean? Uh-huh. You read my lips. That's exactly what I said. What, what does that mean? And when I saw, when they said Albert and Yachty, and I saw, I saw Yachty, Talk up, walk up the steps. I, I completely lost it. Jenny, I completely no. lost it. I couldn't even breathe. I was. I just had to get. I, I mean, I, I. I don't even remember what I did. I just think I just was looking down at the, at the ground and just bawling like a baby. You know, it just means a lot to me. You know, it's good to have him here. So there's Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright talking about the surprise that everybody was able to pull off to get Yachty there. Said he's ignoring my phone calls. What's going on with that? But after he sort of put two and two together and realized, yeah, I would have been able to hear it in his voice. I would have been able to tell, like, Yachty would have given away the surprise. So it was pretty cool. And then later on, how about Adam Wainwright taking an at-bat late in the game and that sort of culminating after the groundswell of support from the Bush Stadium crowd because it was about the top of the eighth inning when they started showing on the video board the various signs that were referencing wanting to see Adam Wainwright bat. I don't know where that came from. I think it was just maybe they, you know, the, the production crew of the stadium that's putting together the video board stuff is like, hey, let's show these signs. And I think this actually is what created the moment because Adam had told Ollie that, he, you know, if it's a one-run game, even though it didn't matter for either team, he didn't want to put in a, you know, put them in a situation where, you maybe cost Miles Michaelis the win. Like Wainwright said, we want to get the win for Miles. One-run game. Ryan Helsley came in and, and pitched a clean ninth. But, you know, if you had a chance to add on offensively with position players, that would be the, you know, the preference. And so it was really basically decided that that Wayno was not going to bat on Sunday as the game kind of went along and it was a close contest. Earlier Sunday morning, all he told us in his office, like, he wanted to see it happen again. He said, at, you know, 11 a.m. Sunday, whatever time we talked to Ollie Marmel, that he would li- he would like to see Wainwright bat again because, of course, he batted Friday, but weren't, weren't sure if it was going to happen again on Sunday. Originally, the deal was if the Reds are eliminated, then it could happen, but otherwise we're going to, you know, respect the game and, and try to respect the competition at, at play. But the, the Cardinals winning on Saturday the way they did eliminated the Reds from playoff contention. So you get to bat on Friday in the blowout. That was the reason on Friday. Sunday, really anything goes. But in a one-run game, he basically said he didn't want to do it. But they show the signs on the video board, and then they show Wayno, and he's kind of looking at the camera, and he the expression on his face was priceless because you could just tell kind of the gears were working in his mind and everybody, you know, hooping and hollering and wanting to see him bat. And he's just kind of given that look like, am I going to have to do this? <laughs> like, you could just tell it was very fascinating to see in the moment him contemplating what was about to happen. 
And he said after the game that in the moment he turned to Ollie, kind of gave him a look in the dugout, and Ollie kind of gave a shrug like, yeah, man, you're going to have to bat. <laughs> like, it's 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 too much at this point. And so, bottom of the eighth rolls around, and then they show Yachty up in, I don't know if he was if he was in the Spanish radio press box in the booth still where, where Benji and Polo were doing the Spanish broadcast, or if he was in a suite or where he was, but they showed Yachty with a sign that said, I want to see Wayno bat. <laughs> and so... Wayno actually did not see that sign. He just saw the initial in the top of the eighth when they showed like three or four different fans that had similar signs throughout the ballpark. He didn't know about Yachty holding up a sign until after the fact. And somebody made a quip to Ollie, did you think that Yachty was done influencing your managerial decisions? That got a pretty good laugh. But um, Wayno didn't actually see Yachty holding up a sign, but the impact was, was just the same because Ollie had already kind of made up his mind that this was going to happen. So they pull Jose Fermin back with one out in the bottom of the eighth. Irving Lopez was still looking for his first major league hit. So I was thinking, Oh, please don't take him out of a chance. He didn't end up getting the hit, but like it would have been kind of crummy to, to have him thinking he's about to get a crack at it. And you know, who knows how many more chances he might have still a younger, younger guy, younger than me, but you just never know. Right. September call up kind of guy. And so they they went with Fermin to to pull him back with one out who's got more, you know, he's got a major league hit under his belt already and that kind of thing. Wainwright ends up striking out. He fouled off a couple of pitches. He said, I was wearing, you know, tennis shoes moments before that. So it all kind of came together quickly. Didn't, you know, didn't warm up or practice in the same way that he did on Friday with, with BP and everything to think about having it again because Wainwright was honestly satisfied. Even though he didn't get a hit on Friday, it was like, I got to bat, hit, 102 miles per hour exit velocity. So I think honestly, in his mind, he had accomplished it. He had gotten the chance and he was, he was satisfied, content with the way that was going to play out. But the fans on Sunday wanted to see him. You know, we, we knew we've known for a number of days that he wasn't going to pitch again this season, which means, you know, you, you've seen the last pitch he's ever going to throw in the big leagues. If you were at that game on Monday where he got the, uh, the win a couple of weeks ago, but to get to see him bat, it was really cool. I don't know about a curtain call after a strikeout at the plate. I don't know if I've ever seen that before today, but now I've seen it, and Wainwright deserved every bit of it. He deserved every bit of everything that he got this weekend because he is the consummate pro, a consummate cardinal, and you heard a lot in the speeches about what kind of person he is, what kind of human being he is. That, I think, is the thing that he wants to be the lasting impact. And you hear him talk, and like, I don't know the best way that I can describe this to Cardinals fans, it's kind of surreal for me, if I can be honest. I don't like to make it about me, but for a moment, I will. It's just like thinking about today in that clubhouse, like I didn't want to leave, you know? Wainwright, by the way, the whole time post-game clubhouse, the way it works on the last day is all the players are there kind of giving their hugs to each other, like LC and Jupiter or whatever, I'll see you, and just kind of saying their goodbyes, packing up their lockers and stuff, and a lot of guys will go their separate ways after this. And it's just the reality of a, of a baseball season, a baseball team. Some of those guys they won't see anymore. And so all that's going on, it takes a while. But Wainwright was in full uniform, man, up until the point where the, the PR staff was kind of like, all right, media, time to skedaddle. And I think it was like 6, 17 p.m. before I finally walked out. And I don't know what time the game ended, but it was a you know, 2, two ten game that probably didn't start till 2.20 since they had the ceremony. But Wainwright was full uniform, like signing baseballs and different things for like various teammates and various... You know, he was, I don't know how long he was there, but he 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 was soaking it in and gracious to everybody that wanted to come up to him and 
offer the congratulations and everything like that. Um, it was just, it was just really something to see. But for me, like to think about, I told my wife this today too, like my favorite player as a kid, I've shared this on the podcast, JD Drew. Like I grew up for people who aren't familiar with my story. I grew up in the St. Louis area, grew up a Cardinal fan and JD Drew, man. I don't know. I was, I love number seven. I was left-handed like him. And I just, I, as a lefty, I could only play, you know, outfield or first base or pitch and I wasn't big. So I didn't really get many cracks to first base. I do have a first base mitt. Got to play it a little bit because they had good hands. But you want a big target over there first base. Nevertheless, I was a J.D. Drew guy. That was my guy. And uh, there's still a picture of me floating around somewhere where he did a, like a meet and greet kind of thing in O'Fallon, which is now like the ballpark's pretty close to my house. And he had a cast on his hand when when taking the picture because he was off injured. But uh, if if I've got a type as a as a, you know, baseball fan, you know, you go for the, the athletic, but I guess occasionally injured outfielder. If we're making any comparisons to current players, I think people know what I'm talking about. But anyway, J.D. Drew gets traded for Adam Wainwright, but Adam Wainwright wasn't even like the, the basis of that trade. Ray King, Jason Marquis were two big league pitchers at the time. But like thinking in the context of my life, I'm 29 years old, and it's been seven years now that I've been doing this you know, approaching Cardinals baseball from not a fandom standpoint, but now it's my job and career and it's a, a different perspective. But like to think that I got to see all of the memorable moments that Adam Wainwright gave Cardinals fans when I was like a Cardinals fan as a kid growing up. And then I got to cover him for seven years and ask him questions about his games. And, you know, that's just, it's just crazy. It's crazy to think about and so it was definitely like a surreal day at Bush Stadium. And I know a lot of Cardinals fans are going to feel their own version of that, of like, man, to think about all of the years that Adam Wainwright's just been a constant of Cardinals baseball has been everything you'd want to see in a Cardinal, right? And the reason I kind of take this personal journey and, and talk about my perspective of it from today and, and thinking about thinking back to 06 and where I was when he struck out Beltron and, you know, where I was 2011, I know he was, was part of that World Series team despite the fact that he was injured that year. But you, like, think about those things in the context of your own life, and it's just very kind of surreal to sit back and go, yeah, last year Albert and Yachty were a big part of all that for a lot of generation of Cardinals fans, right? And then Wayno was right there along with them, and now that kind of is, it's kind of a page turned. And today was the last day of that. But what I think is really cool and really special and I want to share, and it's not necessarily anything new. You've heard this before about Adam Wainwright, but I can give you my background and say I started covering the Cardinals in 2016 and everything you hear about Adam Wainwright is true. Like from what you get to see behind the scenes, like he's that guy. He's he's as genuine as anybody that you could hope to come across. And that's really cool. And it's not to say that if I'm saying this about Wainwright, I wouldn't say it about other people and, and positive things about other players and the kind of people they are and stuff. But like Adam Wainwright is the best of them. You know what I mean? And it's just, you might think that you get into this business and you see the other side of some certain things about baseball or about sports or whatever the case might be. And you go, oh, that kind of, you know, that kind of wasn't the way I thought it would be or whatever. It wasn't that way at all when it comes to Adam Wainwright. Like everything I've seen and heard about Adam Wainwright, I... I mean, it's, it's all legit, man. It's all, he, the guy is a hundred percent. 
And that's really cool to know. And so you know that already. I'm not, like I said, I'm not telling you anything that you don't know yourself, but this is nice and cathartic for me to be able to kind of get behind a microphone and go, yeah, it's really cool that, that everybody, whether you're a Cardinal fan, whether you're Cardinal media that have, you know, covered the team, whatever your role is, it's cool to have gotten to appreciate Adam Wainwright this weekend. Put the ERA to, to the side, put all the, you know, put 2023. There's a lot you got to compartmentalize about that, but I think it was wonderful to see universally that that's what happened this weekend. Um, I say universally, I guess it's not entirely true because y'all did boo John Mosellock. Um We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that probably tomorrow a little bit more in depth because um, I've got takes. Not, not It's nothing crazy, but y'all, some of y'all got to get a grip, <laughs> like for real. Mostly I'm talking to the people that were on Twitter today, not the booers necessarily. Um but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next. What did you guys think? If you were at the stadium and heard the boos, did you participate in the boos? What was your thought process? Um, because that was kind of funny. I got to say, yo, you got to hand it to John Mosellock. You do. The comment that he made about, oh, I thought y'all were saying Nupar was very funny. I think he's allowed to have a sense of humor about it. Like if you're getting mercilessly booed during a beloved Cardinals retirement ceremony, because, you know, you didn't put together the, a good enough team this year, which he didn't. That's objective. But if that's happening to you and you're that person and you want to make a little quip about it and kind of be self-referential to it, I think that's pretty funny. So I enjoyed that from Mo this afternoon. If you guys missed it, Valley Sports did a great job of putting up a lot of the uh, the video and stuff from the ceremony on Twitter. So head out to that. I also put up something that I don't know. I, I know they put like six or seven minutes up from Wainwright's post-game press conference after the game, but I don't know that all of that was aired anywhere. I've got a video version of it like 16 minutes long. I already put it on the Brendan Schaefer YouTube channel. Find it. It's labeled like full Adam Wainwright press conference or whatever I called it. Um, so if you are interested in that, you can see all of his comments for after the game, including... I was going to play it on this, but I won't. I'll just go ahead and describe it for you. And you guys uh, definitely go check it out if you're interested. But I thought the most poignant moment, one, a really cool moment, was when they were having the speeches before the game, during the ceremony. Uh, Chris Carpenter, Cardinals Hall of Famer, obviously longtime teammate of Adam Wainwright, got up to speak. And everybody, again, talks about, oh, he's a great player, better person. And that's kind of the theme when people talk about Adam Wainwright. And it's again, it's true. It's not that they're just kind of blowing smoke that's that's really you know what the reality is of Adam Wainwright but it was very touching to hear Chris Carpenter and hear him like tear up and get get choked up and emotional the way that he did talking about the way Adam Wainwright helped guide his like his spiritual journey and and, and in life right um led him to become a Christian I believe is is kind of what what took place in a time where Carpenter and, and that story's out there. I think Carpenter's done like some I am second kind of stuff, but Adam Wainwright basically very instrumental in that. And the story that Carpenter told was basically 2004. Some people on the Cardinal staff, you know, this young guy, Adam Wainwright, Hey, follow around Chris Carpenter. We'll put you, put your locker next to his. And you kind of learn from him on how to be a pro. And then to, to kind of hear about the way that Wainwright turned the tables almost over the ensuing years and that, you know, the fact that Chris Carpenter knew the exact day, April, now I don't know the day, April 14th, 2010, or whatever it was, he knew the day and cited it during his speech when he shows up to his to his locker in the clubhouse and there's a Bible sitting 
on his chair. And that was, you know, obviously something Adam Wainwright had done and said, you know, he's, he reads that Bible to this day. So that's that I thought that was cool, whether you're religious person, Christian or not. I, I don't think you have to be to to feel the power of that moment for two people, two close friends, and to just kind of shed a little bit more light on the impact of Adam Wainwright beyond sport. I just think that's that's really neat because that's kind of the stuff that he's all about. And so um, that was something I asked Wainwright about after the game in that that post-game press conference. That video is like 16 minutes long. You can find it if you scroll back one on my channel. I think it'll be pretty clear which one I'm talking about. But for anybody that's interested in that kind of stuff, um, otherwise just really great stuff from today. Yachty didn't have like a big speech planned or anything. He's And, and people who kind of know Yachty, he's not like big on the public speaking necessarily. But when, when Wayno made reference to Yachty during his speech, you could just tell that Yachty had that moment of like, all right, screw it. Like I have to go, I have to go out there and, and give my props to this guy at, at the microphone. And so he kind of did like a Kanye West to Taylor Swift moment where he said, I'm going to let you finish. But I, in his first line was, I'm sorry. Like he said, I'm sorry, but you know, he had a couple of things to say and, and was, was very touching and very cool to see just the embrace in the moment and, and Wayno coming back from that after, uh, after Yachty finishes up and, and says, I would want for every pitcher to have a relationship like this with their catcher. That that would be my wish for any pitcher. So it, it's cool that you can tell the love between those two is genuine. And it's so interesting to think about, and they've talked about this before too, but like how different the backgrounds are that they come from. The good, you know, the Southern boy, the Georgia boy, and the, the guy from Puerto Rico, and they turn out to be just the most prolific battery in Major League Baseball history despite coming from just two different places, two different ways of life, backgrounds, all that kind of stuff. Awesome to see. I mean, that is that is one of the coolest relationships that you're ever going to find. And it was cool to see that celebrated and everything about Adam Wainwright celebrated uh, today and all weekend, really, at Bush Stadium. Um, the concert, I thought, was cool. Um, my grandma's commentary was she couldn't really hear Wainwright's, like, vocals as as much because the instrumentals, you know, they, they got a great sound system there, so it was was pumped up for sure. But uh, I know all that, you know, I think he did like three songs or so, and and that music is out, like, um, free, I think, to find. I I wish I offhand had the website, but adamwainwrightmusic.com or something. It's something to that effect. So if that's something that interests you, you know, great. But what did you think? Cardinals fans, let me know in the comments below. What did you think of the weekend? If you were out at Bush, let me know. Um, What was your biggest takeaway, the moment that you can remember the most? from just this weekend or from Adam Wainwright's Cardinals career in general. Like it was really cool to get to see all that play out. And uh, for me, really cool to get to just shake his hand at the end of today and say, thank you for, um, for everything. So I got to do that. A lot of people have stories of having gotten to meet Adam Wainwright and uh, let, let, let them be known, drop them in the comments as we reflect on the uh, career of Adam Wainwright. My take is you're probably not going to, you're going to see him around because uh, he'll be at Bush He'll be fitted for that red jacket and the requisite number of years. However long it is, you'll be, it'll be that plus one day and he'll be in. Um, it'll be, I, I hate to be anybody that's left over on the Cardinal Hall of Fame ballot a year that, uh, that, that he's going in. And I think they might make some special arrangements to make sure that the, the trio gets to go into the Cardinal Hall of Fame in the same years. Some rules are made to be broken. Can we agree? I think so. But, um, You'll see him, and you'll see him on the ALDS broadcast, I believe, or AL Wildcard Series. I'm not sure exactly which ones he's doing, but he's going to be doing some more TV stuff. Um, it was kind of cool after uh, his press conference, Brian Bartow, Cardinals PR, 
said, hey, you know, everybody go up and, and kind of do a picture. Cardinals wanted to take a picture of the media folks around uh, Wainwright. And he said, well, I mean, I'm, I'm in the media now, I guess. So I, this, this makes sense. But he'll be doing the color commentary for some uh, playoff games. And it would just not be surprising to see him do more and more. He's, he's got, obviously, that pre-existing relationship with Fox. And so if he's involved in World Series coverage down the road, man, that would not be a surprise to me. For some Cardinals fans who say, oh, he should be the Cardinals announcer, it's like, well, first, they've got you know people in those roles already. And the, the in-game color analyst, kind of like the Brad Thompson role of what Brad Thompson and Jim Edmonds do for Bally, that's kind of the nature of what Wayno is going to do on a national level. And it works for him to do that rather than the 162-game grind of a baseball season to be like with the Cardinals or with Bally Sports or KMLX or whatever the case would be because he just has done that for 18 years and needs some time with his family now. And so I think that's exactly what he's going to do. But I'm sure you'll see him around. And um, it'll be really cool to to kind of continue to get get your get your fix of Adam Wainwright, as, as I think, again, Cardinals fans will get to do for a long, long time. So Cardinals fans were blessed to have him for as long as they did, and now uh, he, he gets to rest a little bit. He said he's excited that it's not really the offseason now. It's it's winter is coming, and he gets to have seasons again, and four of them, he said, spring, summer, fall, and, and winter. So that's the wrap. That's all I've got. Appreciate you guys for joining me as always. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I kind of me- meandered on as I often do, but I'm, I'm back in the saddle here. We'll get some more Cardinals podcasts coming. Look, again, I've been teasing for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's been kind of difficult to find something to talk about every day. And I tell you what, man, the last couple of months, just crazy busy in my life. But we're going to get on track. I know I've said this before, but you can trust me on this. Like, there's going to be way too much going on this offseason for me to go, you know, a week or two at a time like I did recently without a podcast. So don't worry. More Cardinal stuff, more B-Shape Daily will be coming down the pike. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening Remember on YouTube, drop those comments. Let me know what you think of the Wainwright stuff. But that's going to be it for this edition of the show. Thank you guys so much. And we will talk to you next time very soon. You won't have to wait long on B-Shape Daily. Peace. How much harder is he going to take the result of that at bat than he probably should? He uh, he came back in the dugout and said, I'm going to work all winter on my hitting and come back as an outfielder. So, you know. <laughs>